Grace be unto you in peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text is taken from the Gospel lesson of Mark chapter 13. I read the fifth verse. Very simple words to remember. Watch out. This ends our text. An old pastor, way back in the days when I was just doing my vicarage, he told me that when you preach a confirmation sermon, you've got to teach, preach it in such a way that they remember it. And I would well imagine that most of us can't remember a single word about our confirmation sermons. So that's why it is that he thought we should keep it simple. And these words I want you to remember for the rest of your life. Watch out. We've heard them time and time again as you were growing up, as all of us were growing up. When you were a little child, somebody said, watch out, don't go across that street, watch out for cars. They may have said something like, watch out for strangers because they can be dangerous. Then you grew up and now you're into this youth and the wise parents and friends are saying to you, watch out for drugs, drug abuse. Watch out for bad things that might be related to sex. Watch out, of course, we have to always take into consideration that we don't want to have bad company, the people we hang out with. Now you're going to go into adulthood and the adults are going to tell you that the same things that they keep saying to each other are things like, don't become interested in self-gratification. Think about watching out for being lazy. Don't have a bad attitude. And certainly don't be disrespectful. Those are things that we hear time and time again. Watch out, watch out, watch out. But Jesus is telling us in this text that we should watch out for something far more dangerous. He warns us that we should watch out that we are not deceived, that we do not lose what it is that has been now given to you, taught to you, entrusted to you. Watch out. Let's make it clear about what it is that we are guarding, what it is that is so precious that we are holding on to that we don't want to lose. Well, we have been given, Jesus tells us, a gift. And the gift is something called salvation. Not something that you will get, something that you have already received when you were baptized into Christ. What is it that Christ has saved you from? Martin Luther would say, go ahead and touch this flesh and see what it is that the Bible says about it. You know what's going to happen to it? You already said it in our confirmation meeting in there. This flesh is going to go into the grave. And then Luther said, look around you at the world in which we live and see all these things that the world is trying to be able to do to lead you astray. And if that isn't bad enough, there's this thing called the devil. He's a lying murderer 
who's going to do everything he can in order to try and keep you from holding on to that gift of salvation that has been given to you. That gift is so beautifully articulated in the words that we would say, Max, the words of your verse, Paul writes, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That God has this verdict. Sidney knows all about that since we pounded it at her in the confirmation meeting. Justified, declared to be righteous. And because of that, we have peace with God. Never want to give that up. Cole's passage taken from Ephesians. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of your own doing. It's a gift from God, lest any man should boast. Watch out, Cole, that you don't lose it. Jesus told us that the day is coming where he is going to return back again in glory. And all who are his children, his elect, he's going to gather them from the four corners of the earth and he is going to give to us eternal life beyond the grave, eternal life. Watch out. Don't let anybody take this from you. The epistle lesson, the second lesson that was read by Pastor Grady, there we're told that actually you have experienced a new birth, that you've actually been born of God. You were born of your mothers. You were born from your parents. Now you've been born of God. That birth, that right to be a child of God, gives to you the right to be able to have a victory over the world. The world can never, ever have its hands on you because you're God's children. We also know from that epistle lesson that there's a gift that has been given to you that you're going to receive for the first time today. You are going to receive the very body and blood of Christ under that bread and wine. And it's going to be something given to you for the forgiveness of your sins. And it's going to cleanse you of your consciences. And it's going to give you an understanding of God that's different from what the world understands God to be. And it's going to give you an opportunity to know the difference between right and wrong, between what's true and what's false. John also tells us that now there is an anointing over you that's going to keep you safe from evil. The devil has no claim over you and he cannot deceive you when you hold on to this precious little gospel that you have. The world does not understand that. That's why Kylie's verse is so beautiful. Paul writes, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The world looks at this idea that there's this person who was born in a manger in Bethlehem who grew up and died upon a cross and that because of him, death has been destroyed. Now it's possible for us to go through death into everlasting life just because of a guy who died on a cross some 2,000 years ago. Foolishness, isn't it? Foolishness. And Sydney, your passage is really great too because it says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. 
first for the Jew and then for the Gentile, the power of God. So I say, watch out. What are we watching out for? Well, if we go back with Jesus as he stood there upon that hill and looked back at the temple, this was a Herodian temple that took 40 years for them to build. It had stones that are so massive that even today they can't be moved. That's what the Wailing Wall is. That was the foundation of this temple. That temple, that temple they thought was going to be eternal. And for them, they had invested almost all of their identity, as we say, in that temple. Perhaps today we might kind of think, well, the people of Indianapolis have their identity in that big Colt stadium down there. Or people have their identity in that capital in Washington, D.C. This temple was going to stand forever, they thought. And Jesus said, you know, the day is coming when there's not going to be left one stone standing upon another. The city of Jerusalem was surrounded in 70 A.D. by the Roman armies. They had been in rebellion. The uh, historian Josephus tells us, that there were a million one hundred thousand people that died in that city when the Romans surrounded it. And then there was rumor, there were rumors of hidden chambers filled with gold, and perhaps even that there was gold that melted when they burned that temple, and it went down in between the stones, and so the Romans got out their picks and they tore down every single stone in that temple. And Jesus' words came true. What is he trying to tell us? Never Put your faith and your trust in human institutions. Do not put your faith and your trust in organizations. Do not try to be able to find things, cathedrals, monuments. Those things are but things that will be destroyed in this world. You have a living temple. You have been united to the one thing that cannot be destroyed, and that is the Christ who is your temple. You were literally united with him and you have become living stones inside of the true church. And you must never, ever, ever let yourself be deceived by those appearances of things and people and organizations that would try to lure you away from this one great truth. And what is that truth? That one great truth that you're going to hang your entire life on, that God has in Christ obtain for you the forgiveness of your sins. He has in Christ united you to him and you will through faith in Christ go from this world into a world that is yet to come. Don't let anything, whether it be the importance of business, the importance of vocation, the importance of job, anything in this world that can be taken away and destroyed, never put your faith in it at all. Your faith is in the one thing that is indestructible, and that is in Christ. He also tells us to watch out for something else, to watch out for false prophets and false Christs, things that are going to try to convince you, people that are going to try and convince you that they know better than what the Bible has to say, people who will tell you that they're smarter than what God is, and people who are going to try to tell you what? That somehow through your actions and your deeds and your works, everything's going to be just fine with God. And never, ever, ever will your conscience come to peace. 
There will be those who will try to tell you when the end of the world is coming. Don't listen to them because nobody knows. We have to be watchful and alert and on our God because Jesus tells us that time can come to an end at any moment. Time can come to an end. Jesus tells us one more thing that we're going to have to know if we're going to stay steadfast. And that is that there is also something called suffering for the gospel. The world does not want to have a good and gracious God before the eyes of men. They don't want to be able to see the God that you know and see. They don't want to be able to know that Christ died for their sins. They want to be able to block that out because they don't want to have to face the prospect of what's going to happen when they die. You have peace. You know what's going to happen when you die. And you are going to probably have to endure certain amounts of suffering because of what it is that you know. Jesus tells us never, ever, ever to be afraid. Watch out, yes. But when that day, when that moment, when that hour comes and you are being called upon to confess your faith, what are those words that we gave to Hayden? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. We have these words of Jesus. He who stands firm to the end will be saved. And so these words, both for John and for Halley, I commit you to God in the word of His grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. Watch out. Remember, watch out. Remember, watch out. Amen. May this peace of God that surpasses all human understanding guard and keep your thoughts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. I would ask the congregation to please um, turn to the insert that you have within your bulletin and I ask our confirmation class to please rise. At an early stage in your life, you were received into God's covenant of grace and holy baptism. By means of this blessed sacrament, you were freed from the power of darkness and called to be disciples of your Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ. Since that time, you have been instructed in the truths of God's Word, which is the sole basis for the teachings of Advent Lutheran Church. You now know what God has given to you by His grace and what He requires of you as His child. So I invite you now to lift up your voices to the God of all grace and cheerfully profess the Christian faith which instilled in your hearts at your baptism and be reminded of the covenant of grace which God made with you at that time. Confirmands, do you renounce the devil? Do you renounce all his works? Do you renounce all his ways? 
Do you believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried? He descended into hell, and the third day He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence He will come to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting? Please turn and face your parents. Will the parents of these confirmands please rise? When you brought these children to be baptized, you assumed the responsibility to bring them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Today is a milestone moment in your overall responsibility and privilege. Now, as your children continue to journey on their way to being young adults, your responsibility does not cease, but becomes all the more vital and significant. Therefore, do you as parents promise to continue to walk this spiritual road with your children, to lovingly exercise your responsibilities to guide and direct your children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, and to assist them in their continued spiritual growth? If so, then answer by saying, yes, with the help of God. May God grant you the strength and will to fulfill this responsibility and privilege. You may be seated. Will those who are baptismal sponsors or other proxies of these confirmands please rise? Thank you. When these children were baptized, you joined them at the font and promised before Almighty God that you would remember them in your prayers, remind them of the significance of their baptism, and as much as you are able to lend them your counsel and aid, that they might be brought up with a true knowledge and fear of God. Your responsibilities do not end here with their confirmation. Especially as these youth continue their teenage years, your loving involvement in their lives remains essential. Therefore, as sponsors, do you pledge to continue to remember them in your prayers, remind them of the significance of their baptism, and as much as you are able, lend your counsel and aid that they may continue to grow in the true knowledge and fear of God, then, by answering, then answer by saying, yes, with the help of God. Thank you. May God enable you to will and to do this charitable work and with His grace to fulfill what we are unable to do. You may be seated. Will those who are confirmed members of Advent Lutheran Church please stand? All Christians have received the trust from our Lord Jesus to tend his flock. We too, as disciples of this congregation, have sought to do this for these youth by providing for their Christian education, by our prayers, and above all, by our example in Christian life. Our responsibility to assist these youth and their parents continues beyond this day. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The world entices especially the young, and the sinful heart betrays us to temptation. These youth are entering one of the most crucial periods of their lives and need our support more than ever. I therefore ask you as members of Advent Lutheran Church, 
Will you renew your pledge of support of their Christian faith? Will you lovingly lend your counsel and example in Christian faith and life? And will you continue to pray for all the youth of our congregation? If so, declare your promise by saying, yes, with the help of God. May God bless us, the members and friends of Advent Lutheran Church, that we would gladly fulfill our role as older brothers and sisters in the faith. You may be seated. Pray. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who makes us both willing and able to do these things which are good and acceptable to your divine majesty, we humbly come to you for these, your servants. Let your fatherly hand always be over them. Let your spirit always be with them. And so lead them in the knowledge and obedience of your word, that in the end they may obtain everlasting life through our Lord Jesus Christ, who with you in the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, world without end. Amen. I invite you now, confirmants, to come and kneel before the altar of the Lord and receive his blessing. Kylie, please kneel. Kylie, the Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you the new birth of water in the Spirit and forgiven you all your sins, strengthen you with His grace to life everlasting. Amen. Kylie, your verse. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. 1 Corinthians 1.18 Anna. Anna, the Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you the new birth of water and the Spirit and has forgiven you all your sins, strengthen you with His grace unto life everlasting. Amen. Anna Rose Fry, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Second Corinthians five, fourteen and fifteen. John. The Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you a new birth of water in the Spirit, and has forgiven you all your sins, strengthen you with his grace to life everlasting. Amen. John Thomas Helms Latimer, now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Acts 20, 32. Hayden, the almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you the new birth of water and the Spirit and forgiven you all your sins, strengthen you with his grace to life everlasting. Amen. Hayden Andrew Miller, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Matthew 28, 19, and 20.
Sidney, the Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you the new birth of water and the Spirit and has forgiven you all your sins, strengthen you with his grace to life everlasting. Amen. Sidney Ann Miller, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it's, it is the power of God for, for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. Romans 1.16. Max, the Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you the new birth of water and the Spirit and forgiven you all your sins, strengthen you with His grace to life everlasting. Amen. Maxwell Allen Shaw, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5, 1. Cole, the Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you the new birth of water and the Spirit and has forgiven you all your sins, may he strengthen you with his grace to life everlasting. Cole Tanner Tawali, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is a gift from God, not by works so that no one can boast. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Allie, the Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you a new birth through water, the birth of water and spirit, and has forgiven you all your sins, may he strengthen you with his grace to life everlasting. Amen. Allie Marie Votman, I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Acts 20.32. With holy joy, we celebrate with you this day of your confirmation. May you continue to grow steadfast in your love of Jesus Christ, and may he be evident in all aspects of your life. And may the celebration which we here enjoy, we enjoy here and now continue into eternity. The peace of the Lord be with you all. You may be seated.